Hey, Homogram listeners, this is Susie of Susie Q Bookkeeping speaking to business owners and creatives who could use some help with bookkeeping and taxes. My company, Susie Q Bookkeeping, is a small, queer woman owned, independent bookkeeping firm. I love helping new business owners get started with strong accounting practices. It is deeply rewarding to support people who have decided to risk it all and go out on their own. Having Susie Q Bookkeeping on your team means being in control of your accounting like the boss you are. We are trusted advisors who help our clients grow. Go to suzyqb.com, that's S-U-S-I-E-Q-B.com to learn more about us. What's up, Alien Gang? This is Vince the Alien, and you're listening to Homogram. Said you wanted to be mine 
When I started writing that song, it was another one that was just kind of like, man, like I'm in this situation with this person. There's not really a definition of what it is. We aren't actually doing anything, but neither of us are really available for each other at, the, at that time. And yeah, I don't know. That one, like that one, that one hits me. <laughs> so I'm hoping like people really vibe with it because every time I mean like not to be like cocky but I, I'm just excited about that song because I think it just has a really cool message I like that it's like written in a storytelling format and it's another one that I didn't really sit down and think about it just was kind of like I'm just gonna sing and I know in my head that I want to tell this story of this relationship that I was in with this guy, but I don't really know exactly what I want to say, but I do remember making out with him and he had on a cowboy hat. So I was just like, <laughs> okay, cool. Like, let me try to figure this out. And it was on Santa Monica and Gardner. And I, like those little elements I knew were there. I just, it was just, it was just an exciting, exciting process. But there's also like this sense of kind of reaching this place of, allowing myself to sort of heal from these past relationships that I've had. So it's kind of like this, of course, there's this, like I said, there's a centrality, but there's also a healing aspect of it. So it's kind of this combustion of both of those feelings at the same time. I think with the process of this, I mean, I, I was very lucky to meet one of my really good friends um, who goes by Others 9000. He does most of the production. He'll start off kind of with a track. He'll send me these very loose tracks, like really bare, so at the beginning of this EP in particular, like he sent me probably around 50 or 60 tracks and they weren't like all fully done. They just kind of were, hey, this piece might work here. I don't know. What do you want to do? So he sends them all to me and I just kind of sat down, listened to a lot of them, kind of pieced some things together. The way that I approach this EP lyrically is I didn't write anything down. I really wanted it to feel like this vulnerable kind of, uh, stream of consciousness and so I just kind of started recording whatever came to mind and then we kind of just bounced back and forth um, and then started kind of piecing different parts together and it was really nice because I think in the past I have approached writing very um, in a box like very like oh this has to be here and this course has to be here. And, and I wanted to kind of 
add some vulnerability and also pull from like those kind of trip hoppy Portis head. You know, growing up, I was such a huge like Nine Inch Nails fan, but I also really loved Maxwell and I also really loved D'Angelo. And then I also really loved all kind of these little indie bands that kind of had that Nine Inch Nails vibe and trip hop uh, like inspiration. Um, I don't know if you know who Royce and Murphy is. She's one of my favorite artists of all time. And I've been following her since she was in Maloko, which was her, her and her boyfriend's band before she kind of went solo. You know, she was really inspired by that trip hop. So all that kind of stuff kind of like blends in. And then uh, in the gospel aspect of, you know, just like, you know, growing up, I did sing in choirs a lot in my church. And I've always liked that sound of a bunch of voices together. Not really supposed to be working the way they work, but they work. So I like to influence that in a lot of like the texture. So a lot of the harmonies and a lot of things like that. So I think kind of approaching this, approaching any of my songwriting, I'm always thinking about how can I make this vulnerable? How can I kind of play with the, with the in the box structure of songwriting? And can I, and how can I keep this like authentic to who I am? The thing that I really love about this EP and this project is it's the first time that I really felt like I allowed myself to sing the way that I want to sing. I didn't really hold back. I just was kind of like, you know what? I know I want to do 40 harmonies under one verse. So like, let me just do it. And then if it doesn't work, I can edit. But like, let me at least just allow myself to have fun and do it. Um, And I think it, created a really cool project and a really cool product that I hope people really connect to and feel sexy and sad at the same time.
Now that song, I went in like, okay, I want to make a song that somebody can get a lap dance to, and that strippers can just own. Like, like <laughs> that was the goal. That was a hundred percent the goal. Um, I'm excited about that one too because that was my first time kind of fully producing a track. I was so nervous because <laughs> I'm so used to collaborating with others, nine thousand, or like some other producers that I work with. And I just had this idea. I heard those horns in my head. I figured out how to like play them. And then the song just kind of started working. <laughs> and then, but I, and I knew like, as soon as I heard those horns, I was like, I really want to make a song that someone can just strip to. Like, just like unapologetic, like I'm giving you a lap dance, buy me a drink. Get me a, I want, like, I envision somebody in, like, a, um, like, a low rider, just, like, riding down in Houston or something, being like, hey, I'm the shit, <laughs> and let's do this, you know? And, I mean, harmonies are definitely, I think I just, like, growing up in a very musical family, you know, I have just, I don't know, like, there's just something about a bunch of voices together that just, like, gets me. You know, and I think about, like, one of the things I love to do is just kind of be, like I was mentioning earlier, just, like, unapologetically harmonizing a bunch of crazy things um, and seeing if it works. Uh, and I think just, like I said, like, growing up in a family that's very musical, just hearing a lot of my family just do different harmonies together. Like, whenever we sing happy birthday to each other, we're always singing, like, different parts, and it just is working so organically together, and I think that just really inspires me so much. And, you know, like, even growing up when I was in high school, I remember my friends used to make fun of me because we would, like, go on rides and just go on drives listening to new music. And I would always harmonize, like, while sitting in the back seat or in the front seat, kind of subtly, just, like, kind of playing around playing around with my voice and my friends still to this day are like man there's so many times when I listen to this song and like I can't listen to it anymore because like I always hear you harmonizing <laughs> it's just something that's always like inspired me and it, that's honestly one of my favorite parts of doing music it's just like having that moment of just I'm gonna record 50 harmonies today <laughs> and just see what happens you know it may not work but it's fun you know when you recorded these songs, I know you mentioned you'd been working on them for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, 
So some of it, so I recorded a demo version of CH9000 and Felt So Good In Your Arms, maybe end of last year. And then I kind of started re-recording a couple different parts at the top of the year. And then um, a couple of the other, other songs I recorded, like literally in the past like couple of months. And I recorded it all in here. And I also recorded it at my old apartment and just kind of recorded it in a closet or in this room <laughs> and then just tried to make sure that they sound good and that they weren't peaking. I mean, that's the nice thing about now you can kind of YouTube real quick and just figure out like what works and what doesn't work. And it I think it's really beneficial for me as a vocalist because I'm able to kind of be like, hey, I have this idea. Let me just set up my mic really quick and kind of flush it out and just see if anything happens or flush it out. Um, so yeah, I've definitely just recorded all of this at home and just kind of gone back and forth with my producer and my mixer and just tried to make sure that everything sounded good. And it's been a great experience because it's taught me a lot about my own voice. You know, I've always loved singing, but I think, like I was saying, this EP has really been the first time where I really pushed myself to sing exactly how I want to sing. And it was really nice to kind of learn, oh, hey, like I can kind of do this weird note that shouldn't work but it does kind of work or i can sound really horrible if i try this no <laughs> so it was a really good experience i'm trying to figure that out <laughs> if you've ever been interested in starting your own kickstarter patreon crowdfunding campaign or you just want to learn how to build a better community with your audience whether you're a musician who's trying to engage with your fans or or you have a project where you just want to build a community around the work that you're doing. Join us on Sunday, March 28th for our monthly virtual homo time event. We'll have special guest Haley Rosenblum, who will be joining us to talk about crowdfunding and community building. Haley was one of Kickstarter's very first employees who was the music outreach lead. Haley now manages Amanda Palmer's Patreon community and also did college radio, so Haley brings years of experience on these topics. The event is free to anyone, so head over to homoground.com slash homotime to RSVP. We'll be doing the event on Zoom, so RSVP to get that Zoom link. And if you can't make it, we'll have a recording of the event available on our Patreon for Patreon supporters. And if you missed last month's Homo Time event, we had queer record label Cruisin' Records join us, along with artists from their roster, including Wizard Apprentice, Danny Denial, and members of Old Dark House, Mandate, and Nana Grizzle, all of whom you heard on our last episode, number 266. If you want to catch that recording, it's also available on our Patreon, too. Head over to homoground.com Patreon.
tequila cowboy with a side of fruit. With a side of fruit. And who knew that I'd still romanticize you? After all these years that I've been apart from you, I take shot after shot to bring me back to you. You become my tequila cowboy with a side of fruit. Broken hearts, most fit together, thinking that we survive all of this here. The slow dripping of your torture, the revs up the pleasure, the sexual endeavors that come from the anger. Take shot after shot to bring me back to you. You become my tequila. Cowboy with a side of That was another, like, with a side of fruit is another one that I really was excited to write those kind of um, more, like, imagery-driven lyrics. Um, and I, I think I've always had this kind of obsession prior to Timothy Chalamet with a peach. Like, I think <laughs> I've always had this kind of obsession with, like, the idea of fruit tying in with sensuality. Like, because I, I think... There's this like pleasure that you get from like there's a like when you buy a really good peach versus when you eat like oh man this is not ripe like there's this sense of pleasure that you get and I think it's, it's kind of reminded me of this connection to like lust and love and the story that I'm trying to figure out like what does lust mean what does love mean to me you know what is important to me about lust and what's important to me about love. And I think growing up too, I've had I had so much shame around lust. You know, growing up in a in a predominantly Christian family and being queer and like not particularly being accepted as a kid, and then also, you know, not really understanding how sex and sensuality tied into my life as a queer kid. Growing up, being told like your idea of sexuality is wrong, and I don't believe in your idea of sexuality. So I think it's this 
I think playing with that imagery of like fruit and that seems very innocent, but kind of reminds me of me fantasizing as a kid because that's really the only world that I could really live in to understand or express my attraction to men. And I would fantasize about like eating persimmons with this hot guy at a park in Spain or like, you know, like all these little things when I'm a kid, not, not like five, but like 14, 15, you know? And that was like the only place I could really kind of live in my head around that kind of stuff. So that, that, I mean, with a side of fruit was really fun. And I also wanted to end the EP with this. It's a little bit more upbeat. Drums are a little bit more lighter, um, but it summarizes this idea of this romanticism and uh, of, of, of like young love and thinking back to that moment when you're just like obsessed with someone and that exciting feeling of like, oh man, I had that experience to love someone. I just felt different growing up. You know, I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like people really understood me, mostly in my family. Like, I just felt like my family didn't really understand who I was. I kind of hide, I hid myself a lot as a kid because I knew I was different. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew that I was different and I could not really figure out how to define it. And I think... I spent a lot of time in my own universe and in my own head and a lot of time in my bedroom just kind of like writing poetry or writing songs. And a lot of those poems as a kid were about this idea of wanting to create this other universe where I could be myself. I think going through therapy (laughs) really helped me kind of just like embrace that because I think there was such a big part of me that wanted to hide that aspect of me still, even as an adult, because it felt scary to kind of be a little bit vulnerable. It felt scary. I was fearful of, you know, if I try to do this thing, what if people don't accept it? And what if people are like, this doesn't make any sense, bro. Sorry. But I think my, you know, talking to my therapist and also, you know, having a conversation with my husband and also with my family too, it just really empowered me to be like, you know what, like, I'm just going to embrace this because I do feel alien and I do feel different. And I would have loved to have been on Roswell. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I would have loved to date somebody on Roswell. So in my head, I'm just like, forget it. I'm just going to (laughs) like embrace it and enjoy what it is. And also I think there's so many people out there who feel similar, you know, whether queer or not. You know, I think there's so many people out there that feel very similar to feeling ostracized or different or not really understood. And I kind of wanted to create this community, which is like why I use that like hashtag alien game. Whatever, whoever you are, like, I got you, you know, and like, let's have each other, you know, regardless of what your sexual orientation is, your gender, your gender identity, your race like all that stuff like we can unite and we can get through this together and really uplift and support each other and let each other know like hey you're worthy and it doesn't I know that it can be difficult but like let's just remember like let's remind each other like hey we're all worthy let's just keep pushing 
I've cleaned the floors a million times over, waiting for your return. I've watered my plants to the point that they may drown, waiting for your return. Yeah, so eventually I worked on with my friend Rich, um, and that song is, it was a hard one too, because it was, it's kind of a little bit of a double meaning. Like, I think it was, that song is a combination of two things. It was me really allowing myself to recognize that I needed to let go of my ex, because I had been holding on to him for a very long time. Um, it was a relationship that I was in that was not super, super long, but we really, really, really loved each other. It just was not working. And we tried so hard to hold on to it, so hard. And, you know, it took me admittedly like a few years to get over that relationship. I think it was the one relationship that really damaged me. And I had to really kind of face that and you know in the beginning of my relationship that i'm in now with my amazing partner like i still was holding on to it you know i was still holding on to that relationship i was still holding on to what that relationship meant to me i was still holding on to 
the the sexual relationship that I had in that relationship mentally, you know, and it was me allowing myself to finally be like, I have to put this to rest. Like, even though there was a part of me that still was kind of longing for whatever that relationship represented for me. And then on the other side of it, it really was this exploration of me being scared to accept getting a little bit older and not being as young and like fresh (laughs) as I used to be. And so this idea of like, eventually I will need to let go of this fear of me no longer feeling as attractive as I did or as yearned for as I did when I was much younger. So it kind of was like this journey of me letting both of those things go at the same time. And that's why I wanted to really draw these visuals of like, I'm thinking about this ex, but I'm also thinking about my fear of getting older and not being young anymore, you know, not as young anymore. And that kind of like blank stare of, you know, like when I say in the beginning, I've cleaned the floors a million times over, just kind of like that repetition of like, you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over because you can't let go of this thing. Um, So eventually, like, I need to just let this go. While also being like, but I want to hold on to it just a little bit. (laughs) So that's where the eventually part comes in, because it was like, you need to let this go, but... (laughs) So yeah, that was kind of the process of that. Like, songwriting for me is this really beautiful opportunity to tell these stories and also to give myself an opportunity the selfish side of it is to give myself an opportunity to like actually be honest and vulnerable and real with myself too. I stood on the corner Been waiting for ya Since yesterday Since yesterday On the corner and the prayer Been waiting for ya Come back to this spot Hey Hey We met Two years ago Two years, two years Hey I've been longing for us to reconnect Reconnect And talk about how it did It got when we was together How crazy shit was was your love, but you couldn't get that to me cause you was stuck on some nigga so that came before me, that came before me, why couldn't you just let go and let me know how much you in fact adore me, did you even adore me, so I've been waiting on this corner, 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 for your love, for your love, for your love. To return to my hand, just let me know that we got peace like a dove, like a dove, a dove. Damn, I've been so broken hearted since I left you. Left you. Been dreaming about you every night. Ooh, been crying, so that's why I wait on this corner come for you to come back to my love. Driving me 
waiting for ya to come back to the spot. To come back to the spot. I'ma keep the block high until you come back to the spot. Yeah, yeah. For you to come back to my love. me by your name it's a great film <laughs> a lot of people give it really harsh reviews but it was such a beautiful film and the way they shot it was really great and and like we said that peach scene was iconic i think you know seeing that film i won't lie I, the first time i saw that movie i walked out and started crying because it, it made me think about those fantasies of, as a teenager and like being in my own head. And it made me also think about, you know, relationships that I have been that have been like really beautiful like that and really kind of youthful and romanticized and like these ideas. I think when my, when others 9,000 sent me that track, I just was like, okay, let's just try something. And then when I got to the bridge, I was like, I feel like rapping, like, <laughs> and I just jokingly was talking to my friend on the phone and I was like, dang, you know, sometimes it's crazy to me that people are losing their shit over Timothy Chalamet, but I get it. He's really cute. I would love to have my own little Timothy Chalamet. And then I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> and I literally hung up the FaceTime with her and I was like, I have to write this song right now. I have to write this, this bridge right now. And so, yeah, it kind of still plays with that idea of, like, I wanted to take this youthful, kind of beautiful story that I connected to because it brought me back to those fantasies of, like, wanting to be in love in another country and, like, wanting to experience fruit, like, with someone else. And, uh, and also, I just wanted to be kind of silly and stupid with the song, like, <laughs> and just be like, let's have fun with this. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can just follow me at Vince the Alien. Uh, also on Twitter, I'm not as active on Twitter, but you can follow me if you'd like. Um, I might post a few political things every now and then. Uh, and then you can find my EP on Spotify, and it's also going to be on Apple Music. And you, if you'd like to check out my website, it is VinceTheAlien.space. And it's a pretty fun little experience. <laughs> Featured in this episode was Music and Words of Vince the Alien, interviewed by D, one of our Homoground producers who has made mixtapes for us in the past, and also you might recognize as a familiar face as a host of our virtual Homotime events. Dee's also in a band, FBGM, and also has a podcast about dog walking called Talkin' Walkies. Head over to homoground.com slash episode 267 and you can find links to follow Vince the Alien on social media and check out his website. And also you can find links to follow D and their podcast Talkin' Walkies on Instagram. 
I'm Casper, your host, just giving you all of the housekeeping things that you love to stick around and listen to. And hey, if you made it this far, send us a message on Twitter or Instagram or whatever platform you use. Let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Perfect if you want to give a birthday shout out to someone. Shout out to Professor Goldstein, Love Child, and Holly Israelson. Thanks for joining Homo Ground on Patreon. And thanks to our sponsors, Suzy Q Bookkeeping. If you're in need of a bookkeeper, keep it in the family. Let's circulate that queer coin. Visit suzyqbookkeeping.com. I hope you liked this episode, and if you did, it would be great if you could share it with a friend or share it on your own social media, in your email newsletter, on your blog, on your live Twitch stream, whatever it is that you do, whatever platform you have. We have over 250 episodes. This is number 267. So the best thing that you can do is just share the music that you love. And leaving us an iTunes review doesn't hurt either. 